You miss a kill by like you can't even see the sliver of health that the monster still has, and you're like, oh, good, my whole team's gonna die when he comes out of break. Hey, hey, you guys, uh, you guys, you guys have to watch the replay of the live stream that Shizu did. He uh, he blows through like fifteen thousand rubies, but the luck he gets in some of these pulls is absurd. Good luck or bad luck? It is crazy good luck. Gotcha. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It's that time of year, aka the new year. I think it's kind of interesting and exciting that the new episode on the new year starts with a one. 341 episodes of We Were Gamers exist, plus some extras. Really, it's more than that. But hey, who's counting? Hello. Not us. Nope. <laughs> uh, welcome to January 2023. Michael and JJ, you're back. We're back. Good to be back. Yeah. Had a little vacay. It was nice. The holidays, you know? Uh, yeah. It was a good I, one this year, I think. I know we got up to a good amount, I think. Uh, football was in there. I have some video game playing, some movie watching, some some everything. One thing uh, people often do at that time of year is go out to a fancy restaurant. So I have a fancy restaurant question for you, gentlemen. All right. Wait, let me get my uh, let me get my top hat and cane. Mm-hmm. Pen- panache your mustache real quick. Just make it I nice and clean. Take out my monocle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ate at a nice fancy place. I had a nice fancy meal. It was one of those a la carte dinners where you know the thing comes to the table and then you all the sides are in the middle and. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wonderful. Uh, we went to a couple nice dinners, and one thing that I think I will no longer order at a fancy restaurant is fish and chips. Okay, All too right. much fish in the fish and chips, often of a type that I, is not really meant for being breaded and fried. Um, and many times I've been disappointed with the flavor; just sort of bland. Yeah, I would never. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I don't know what kind of styles of food and stuff this place is serving uh it was a fish restaurant it was a fancy fish the one that i'm speaking of uh not the a la carte place yeah it was just a story about you know we go out to fancy places once in a while and i was just curious what you guys may not uh order at fancy places anymore and we had been to this fish place before i've had things there i like i was trying to order a somewhat sustainable meal uh, in terms of what the fishes were to consume. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a good list out there put out by Monterey Bay Aquarium, I think. Seafood Watch has a list of things you probably could eat less of to help out the environment. And uh, so I was seeing, oh, well, this fish and chips is made from a sustainable fish. I'll eat that. And I love fish and chips. But it was just kind of like, oh, the appetizer soup was better than this. You know? Oh. I think for me, fish and chips falls into a category of foods where the simplicity of the dish makes it the kind of thing that I wouldn't order at an upscale restaurant. So you could put something else in that category like street tacos. 
if I went to a, a super fancy, like high end Mexican restaurant, I probably wouldn't order street tacos. That's where you order mole, the, right? Right. You order mole or you order, um, you know, something else that's uh, that takes more. I don't know about more time, but more more craft or more steps to prepare. Um, whereas the, you know, the street taco you want from the guy who's just got a plancha out in the, in the back of the place and he's slinging all the meats on it. Hmm. Yeah. I I feel like fish and chips does sort of fall into that category of like, this is meant to be pub food. And if you're at a high end kind of place, not that it will be bad, but that they're not usually making that stuff. And then, then you open it up to the, like, well, we got to put a spin on it kind of stuff, right? And then they're like, our fish and chips is, you know, something crazy. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, this one was thicker than any fish and chips I'd ever had before. And by about the middle of it, I was like, this is a lot of grease. There's so much fish in here that has just soaked up so much grease. Yeah. I mean, that's probably because you're at a place that has access to nice fish, where most other places are like, we have the fish for the fish and chips. It's just... Called fish, you know? Yeah, but usually it's, you know, thin, crispy. Right. Uh, that was one of those things. Yeah. What, I don't know that I have a, a food in that category, like you guys are saying. Um, hmm. Or a category of food you won't go to a fancy restaurant for. Or that doesn't make any sense, because you, you and I and Michael all would kind yeah. of try anything. Yeah, I mean, I have famously said I would eat anything on a menu and try it at least once, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I, I can't yeah. think of an. I have a interesting restaurant experience uh, recently, though. Give it. Uh, maybe this is. Maybe I'm just weird about this. I don't know if this is something that is normal. You guys have ever been to like a fancy steak place, and you order a steak? Does it come out pre-cut? Pre-cut? No. Uh, so I have, I have been to one where yes, the steak did come out pre-cut and this was, this was a very fancy steak place, uh, down your way actually, JJ. Interesting. Uh, so yeah, we were, uh, at a bar, uh, that happens to be in a steak restaurant and we're like, oh, it's like, you know, they have a special and it's a prime rib, right? We ordered a prime rib and it came out. Prime rib though. Prime rib is not sliced. Yeah. I have had sliced prime rib. I would not have called that a steak. I was picturing like a, like a no, not like a filet mignon. porterhouse filet mignon. Yeah, no, yeah. So I'm talking about specifically a prime rib and like not sliced into like cuts. But they still had to give us a knife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like strips into strips. Yep. There used to be a okay. A prime I've never rib. seen this preparation before. There used to be a prime rib restaurant up near the Irvine airport. Uh, And when you got it served there, it came out to the table and they brought it table side on your plate. And it was the full chunk of prime rib on the rib and everything. And they would debone, defat and cut into strips at the table, your prime rib. Yeah, so they they didn't do any of that here. The fat was all still there. It was just like they had literally just gone like up and down it with slicers or whatever. And it was still cooked, huh. you know, to the level we had asked for. It's not like the middle was like, you know, some other piece of meat or anything. It was very clearly one one chunk of meat cooked at the level we asked, but it was just cut into rows. Very weird. And I, 
Um, again, maybe this is common or more common than I'm used to. Um, the, it was still great. I had no complaints about the food. It was just weird, the preparation. I was wondering if this is just me or maybe it's more common than I think. I think the real question with prime rib is how was the horseradish? Uh, it was fine. Uh, oh, I am bummer. I, I, my, uh, my wife is a, like she wants nuclear horseradish. Me too. Mm. Give it to me straight up my nose. Like she is looking to have her nose burned out, her sense of smell destroyed. And mm. she like wants horseradish on everything. Like if we just have normal steak, if we have like a ribeye here, she would be putting horseradish on it. Hmm. Um, She just likes horseradish and yeah. great, you know? Sure. Uh, but she also wants it like nuclear hot. So obviously it was not even close to good enough for her. <laughs> so this is like a gotta, gotta see where the scale is here before I tell you, right? I thought sure. it was fine. I yeah. like it maybe slightly stronger than this was, but this is a place they got like a cream sauce, you know. Oh yeah. Like, there sure. there was some flavor of horseradish in it, but it was not like, you know. So anyway, I used the ajou a bunch more than I did uh the horseradish sauce because of that. Well, since we're on the topic of places with food. Uh, I have a, an update for you, specifically JJ, but Michael, you may be interested in this. Uh, it, reversing the story of fancy places with not fancy food, like Michael and I were saying, let's talk about a not fancy place with something pretty fancy, JJ. Trader Joe's, mm -hmm. I tracked down that yep. whiskey for you, that bourbon. Yeah, you did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This did weekend, we talk about this on air before? Uh, yes, we did. I believe we okay. did. Maybe I didn't we didn't remember. I don't know. Uh, recap: JJ's gotten real into whiskey, which is good. We had that episode right. about it. You could look it up. You could probably type whiskey into the search bar. Uh, yeah, or bourbon. I don't know which bourbon. Maybe. Yeah, it might be bourbon. Um, we tracked down a bourbon at Trader Joe's. It was somewhat hard to find. Comes out yearly in the fall, or like early winter. Uh, this past weekend, Michael, JJ, and I were texting back and forth. We got out every whiskey in the cabinet and poured them all and did a tasting. Let's be clear. This okay. he makes it sound like I was involved. He and his wife did this. <laughs> <laughs> Which totaled, I was egging them on. <laughs> yeah, we were we were uh baited to continue. Uh I believe, let's see, this is nine. That's ten. That's nineteen whiskeys. Trader Joe's whiskey, is man. pretty dang near the top, my friend. I that's a good. It, so here's like top top false. five, maybe. Uh, wow, that's very wow. high. You have yeah. some really nice stuff too, based on that cabinet I saw. So the picture you sent me. Um, well, some of it, it is also worth saying. Others. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, but like any any cabinet of of liquor and alcohol, some stuff you just accumulate. You know, yes, uh, it gets given to you. Yep. It shows up at a party and never leaves. Yep. You know, these kinds of things. And like they're there. But like, did you want this sometimes? You know, so th that stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I applaud you for trying it also instead of just like knowingly <laughs> ignoring it. I mean, we um, even threw the but you do uh, have like legitimately nice stuff. We we did it blind. Mostly. I knew what they were, uh, but I, we did them in a series. So we didn't. It was just like better or worse than the last better or worse than the last kind of thing. Uh, we even threw the Korean blueberry whiskey in there. It was, <laughs> I assume that ranked low. Um, yeah, let's say bottom three. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
Not as low as two others that are going into the cabinet as mixer. Yeah. I mean, that's what but, you got to do with stuff that's just bad, you know? Yeah, I was uh, surprised to see, and this is video game related in our tasting. However, near the top was the Garrison Brothers I texted you about, uh, the Yamazaki 12 from Japan, uh, a Scotch from Cadenhead, which was a rebottled Lafroig, maybe? No, Glenlivet. It was a rebottled Glenlivet. Uh, Trader Joe's near the top. One of the ones that snuck in there, right above one of the Irish whiskeys we really liked, was the new Black Steel Bourbon from Doctor Disrespect, which I got from at Christmas. That's random. It's very strange, but it is actually good whiskey. And it's the I think maybe the only actual Kentucky bourbon in there, other than the Trader Joe's one. So I thought that was an interesting story. Oh, because the, your other bourbons and stuff are not from... They're not Kentucky bourbon. Mm. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Huh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, congrats on him, I guess. Use your uh, celebrity to make good products. Yeah, I mean, hey. Sure. I, mm-hmm. I had no idea this existed. I just Googled it, like, this picture of... Dr. Disrespect holding this whiskey is very silly. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a whole commercial for it, too, where it starts off kind of like he's in the costume or whatever, and then it switches around, and uh, he's in more of a out-of-costume character. Still a caric- it's like, caricature of himself. Yeah, yeah. He's like, the, the tagline is like, gamer, icon, master distiller. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> He's still got the fake mustache on, though. That's just pretty funny to me. Of course. Uh, Traditional craft, untraditional spirit, JJ. Uh, All right. I like it. Yeah. No, it's it's, uh, decently funny. I think it's sold out. Uh, It was a Christmas. Stuff like that is often a very small release. Yeah. Well, and the barrels and. The market, aftermarket for it is actually really high, which I didn't know when we opened it and drank it. Not that I would try and illegally enter the market for selling alcohols and stuff like that. I don't personally have any interest in reselling my whiskeys or anything. Yeah. Um, And like, I think the other thing is that this guy is, you know, quite popular. And therefore, you know, when there's a limited, very limited supply, this person has a lot of fans. It gets a good amount of press, right? Like. Yeah. demand goes it, they want crazy. it whether or not they're whiskey people exactly yeah. well that's, that's the thing perfect. well and that's the thing that really surprised me right it, it, the fans of his are going to buy it um the people around the fans like the you know the community of it are curious and will probably buy it i fell somewhere in the middle where it became an easy present to get where it was like well he likes call of duty he likes whiskey he like you know what i mean like he knows who this person is this is yeah, a hit gift. all the i tick all the, the boxes the corners. there yeah yeah and and then to find out it wasn't a thing that was made for cachet it was a thing made and it was good was uh was an interesting outcome of this this experiment that uh you egged us through <laughs> i wonder uh i really because I, I know your list contains a lot of scotches oh yeah i re- I, I really wonder if you had some more bourbons in there, would it like become clear if you guys like those better than scotches? I would um, like to get some more better bourbons because the Garrison bourbon, the Black Steel bourbon and the Trader Joe's bourbon shot to the top. 
the Irish whiskey kind of drew into the middle, which really surprised me because I used to like Irish whiskey a lot more. And the the scotches really fell into like two camps of things that were uber strong, like cask strength stuff closer to Mm -hmm. the top and stuff that was more like Johnny Walker, dimple pinch shivas near the bottom. I really need to go. We'll talk off air is this is a longer discussion i think but like there's a <laughs> there's a ton of things i can recommend for you that you can like look out for and just like I've had some of them like i know i've had eagle rare before you know i'm sure yeah I, i've like, had plenty of bullet i've had you know what i mean we don't keep yeah, some yeah. of that stuff around that i um that we could right i know i like I, i'm saying bullet. like knowing that you seem to have liked this higher proof higher cask levels type stuff yeah I, I can name some stuff for you to keep your eyes open for. And if you happen to see it on the shelves, buy a bottle and give that a try. Because I, I think there's some stuff that you would like in that range. But the problem with that stuff is that it's like, again, seasonal releases or harder to find. And so you kind of just have to be like checking the market every time you go in, check the liquor store every time you go through there or whatever, yeah. and just like see what shows up. Right. You're not going to find this stuff again, <laughs> very unlikely at Trader Joe's. <laughs> They do have other whiskeys at Trader Joe's and other they do they do uh, other Trader Joe's branded whiskeys, but those are more popular and uh, stalwart. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, the and like there's some like very normal stuff. I think that if like you just want like more normal bourbons um, that are just out there all the time. But yeah. Well, uh, let's get. I want to get into a little bit of what we got up to during our break, because then people can email us about what they got into during their break, etc. Um, there was a lot of it. I want to lead off with a question, a uh, trivia question. Are you ready? Okay. Who, Put my thinking cap on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael, you got yours on. I'm set. Uh, you know the answer to this. You just don't know that you know. Who is the largest tire manufacturer in the world? Is this a, is this a trick I, question? Yeah, it's clearly a trick question. But also, yeah. I don't know if it's legal for me to use the. Uh, the music, you know, the music that I want to put in there where people are thinking. No. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Eh, 10 second clip. I don't know. Yeah, um, three seconds or whatever. Yeah. I um, think hmm? I, I'm going to guess Michelin. Michelin is the largest uh, passenger vehicle tire manufacturer in the world. Yeah. Uh, but that's not the well, answer not the to my question. question. Yeah, I was going to say that wasn't the question, though. So. <laughs> Uh, Michael, you got a guess, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. Oh, I mean, I would have said someone like Goodyear, but yeah. Mm, okay, Michelin's so Michelin, I think it's uh, I think it's Michelin makes uh, 205 million ish tires a year. Uh, 310 million was the last estimate for the Lego company. Tires, tires, uh huh, tires. Yeah, they make sh- sh- tires. Le- Lego tires a year. Yeah. A year, three hundred and ten million, huh? Was the last estimate that I saw for Lego's tire production per year. I bring it up because over the break, uh, another uh, Christmas-related uh, item entered our home. Something I've talked about actually um, getting into, and we finally got a few of them. The Lego Speed Champions sets arrived, and we built an Audi Quattro. Uh, rally car uh me and the kidlets 
Very cool. Nice. Very cool model. Very fun to build. Quick. Built it in like two days uh, with a long, you know, very little like amount of time each time. Um, something that surprised me about it. Not only are there stickers, but they printed special pieces, including the hood of that car. They printed it. Yeah, probably because some of those like racing liveries, I guess, is the the word I'm thinking of, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. are like not going to be easy to put on a sticker. But it's a thirty dollar Lego man, and they printed some of the pieces. I was shocked. Another thing that shocked me was like not only do those, and this is the reason for the tires thing, because I was sitting there putting them together. So the thing I like to do is put together the wheels and the tires. And usually there's a standard Lego wheel hub. This one was a literal like hub, tire hub, uh, that you put the tire around and then you put the hub cap on the outside and you had two choices of hub caps. You got to make it look like the car, right? And the hubcap is a big part of the look of the car. Yeah, but I was I was shocked that they were willing to like get in there and be like, "All right, well, for this Speed Champions thing, we're going to need to print pieces for each car, little one or two special pieces, and then, uh, you know, like we're going to up the game and make hubcaps and all sorts of stuff." I was I was pretty happy. So I wanted. I wonder. To I wonder if out. they like. I wonder if that's built into the marketing deal or whatever that they do with whomever owns the rights to these cars, right? Yeah. I always like think a, they have deals with like every car company now. They just sort of work through each one getting a little something at this point, you know? It was like that Audi Quattro is like an extremely famous racing rally car for, you know, it's like one of the most famous rally cars to ever exist. Yeah. I mean, it, it really. It's the reason four wheel drive is such a thing. Like yep. that car. Yep. And that's the reason that I got into the Speed Champions set was seeing that they were going to do stuff like that in a much cooler scale uh than before where it was like before they look like toys and these look like little tiny model cars and the kids are interested in building them so that's one of the things i got up to over break um since when we're on the topic of kids real quick try it out uh thank you michael for lending the captain toad amiibo to us oh yeah try it out that captain toad treasure tracker yo that's a fun game for kids Yeah. Yep. Puzzles, uh, one or two have stumped us. If you tap that amiibo, you're invincible. So you can just walk through the level and kill all the enemies by touching them. That's nice that for when, uh, when the kids get frustrated. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It'd probably be a harder game without it, but, um, I don't know if you remember the Captain Toad showing up in, um whatever Mario game that was, uh, those little levels, it's basically those again. There's a few with like boss. I won't call them fights. Uh, those are the interesting ones. The rest of them are pretty simple, but it's longer than I gave it credit for being. I, I was surprised when the game kept going after what I thought was the end. So I just wanted to, you know, put that out there. Playing this with the kiddos. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. This seems like a very good game. Like there's it's, puzzles, there's thinking, yeah. there's like, yep. you know, a little bit of exploring. Yep. I I can't recommend it for people that don't have little ones to try it out with. But I can recommend it if you do have little ones to try it out with. So there you go. Since this podcast is aged it aging itself before our eyes, right, Michael? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh i know we all got up to video games though and i want to hear about what you guys got up to because we 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 had time off it's been a little bit i think there's one thing that has united this podcast in the last couple weeks Mm -hmm. in the video game realm you're right f1 manager 2022 (laughs) (laughs) no man i think no it was not it somehow um Sorry, Andrew. Uh, you can talk about F1 uh, later, I guess, if you want. Um, but I think all of us played a bunch of more Vampire Survivors. I did. Yeah. I, I definitely what a, did. What a great game. And I think now, Michael, you're a bit farther into it. I want to know. So I think I have unlocked close to uh, everything. I'm not not actually everything, but like a lot close to your to everything I, there's like a lot more stuff from the dlc that i don't have but pl- pretty close to all the normal normal <laughs> there's like so many weird secrets and like side stuff or anything but like i think i have all the like mainline quote-unquote progression stuff from this game now and i'm just curious where you guys are on that journey so for me i've got uh maybe 19 or 20 characters unlocked at this point. Uh, And there are a few of them that I haven't used yet in a run. So I'm still making my way through unlocking all of the base weapons. Yeah, there are, it's just a bonkers amount of weapons, man. I can't believe (laughs) how many they've added since uh, alpha when we were playing. Holy cow. And I mean, the funny thing is that like some of them are like, not real weapon uh, not real but they're like side weapons or whatever and they like don't have upgrades or, or evolutions but like so many of them are and do <laughs> it's just like oh man yeah. and then they stack evolutions on top of evolved stuff for some of the later ones oh my god i have yeah. so i know that the i got the recipe thing or whatever that tells you when things are gonna mix well, the grimoire. Oh my god! So the helpful. Best upgrade in the game. The best relic. Well, I still have to use my phone though, because if I'm planning a build, I can't remember stuff. Like, okay, you I can, want you to can upgrade. pause and open the grimoire on the pause screen. But if you haven't discovered that they go together yet, it's not in the grimoire. Well, yeah, oh, you got to try. This it. is true. So if I know that I want to upgrade the axe because I haven't done that yet for the feats and unlocking whatever would come with upgrading the axe. Um, and then I have to remember that I need to go get the hollow heart whenever it pops up in the random weapon upgrades. Right. Um, which has boned me for so long. I'm trying to get ebony wings and pigeon at the same time. Yes. I just call him pigeon because that's his name. I I will tell you, there is a unlockable upgrade thing that makes that easier way down the road. Well, it was are, way down the road are, for me. I guess I don't know two. when it comes out. So I've I've got a couple of them, JJ, and I think you're talking about skip and banish. Uh, no, there's more. So there's the, the, okay. Uh, so banish is definitely the one that I was most uh, that is most directly like what you're talking about. What and is banish? If you see an item you don't want. Uh-huh. in the in the role instead of picking it for that level you can use a use a, a charge of banish and it's gone banned from the game it will never show up again during that, that run. run during that run so you're so like okay you i have seeing, this 
Um, like, stop showing me. The stop stupid... showing me whip. I don't want whip. Yep, and just banish it, and you'll never see whip again for that run. Oh, skip is uh, similar to that, where like you get to a level up, you know you're looking for a specific thing, but you don't want any of these things, and so you can just pick to not level, right? Like you just like you know the the level passes, you don't get anything for it, but you don't have to pick any of these. There is also oh, reroll. Do you get an extra one later, or you just don't nope. get anything? Nope, you just skipped. You skipped. Huh. I don't uh, think there's an advantage. Uh, it's, you know, look, the levels aren't that big a deal sometimes. Uh, there's also reroll, which I guess neither of you have gotten yet. I, so, so I have unlocked Dairy Farm, just to give you an idea, and I have finally collected the two things that were on the green arrows on the Dairy Farm, but I haven't done much mm-hmm. more than that. I'm just working on, like, unlocking characters on... Uh, I really like... The I've been playing for library. so long, I don't know where anything comes from anymore. It's all just unlocked <laughs> for me. Um, uh, but there is there is reroll, so uh, those which lets are, you just those are two of the characters that I yeah. haven't I haven't run with yet, and I know that the reroll is a lot is attached to getting certain characters to level fifty in a run. Yeah, um, and reroll just lets you respin your choices, right? Um, which is good objectively yeah. right objectively but, good yeah but you can't use like i guess you can re-roll and then later choose to banish but like you know you can't like banish and then roll again right like that's not how it works banish uses the level okay um unfortunately and then there is a f- there is a final one that comes way later that lets you just lock it out on the screen before you start and it just won't show up oh that's even better than than banish that that thing you buy from the power-up screen, you buy all of these from the power-up screen at, at some level, but like that, that last one is insanely expensive. Huh. Is, is that seal? That is seal, and there is a lot of levels to it. <laughs> it is, it's like, you want, you want to find a, t- a money sink uh, for your power-up money, that's where it goes. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, but yeah, so those are the ones I know about. I, I think that's all of them. But again, like I, some of those are unlocked so much later that like don't even bother worrying about it. And you can always just refund your money and like respend them to get what you need anyway. But like yeah. ab, re, re-roll and banish are super useful. Oh, I love those things. Because, okay, there's a couple weapons and maybe this is your guys' experience also. Do you have a couple weapons that you kind of just hate and you like don't want to see ever? Whip, knife. Anything oh, the knife is the knife's one of my favorites. The oh, knife dude. is good, and I think the whip is good too. I don't like anything that's super directional. Andrew wants to be doing the AOE zone of death build. Is I, what I'm I do that. Sure, very, sure. Yeah, I do. Like my go tos right now are easily garlic king bible rune tracer with the just zone of death around you. Um, and then you throw in both wands that sort of just shoot at whatever's close to you. Yeah, I maybe you guys don't have the shadow pinion yet. Do you have that one, Michael? I do. I have the shadow pinion and the upgraded. Uh, what is it? The Valkyrie Turner. Yeah, I just can't make those work good. <laughs> it's it's hard because the the attack is movement based. So the more you walk before you let go of move, the more the stronger it is. But I couldn't figure out how the directionality worked. Because yeah. it was always at some weird angle uh, to the path that I was walking. 
It's kind yeah. of the same problem with the the birds, right? Like, okay, they're going this way. I got to go that way to get them to do this thing. The Vento Sacro has the same problem where it's like movement based and I don't want to be doing that versus like the whip. I feel like once you get the whip like sufficiently leveled, it, it, it it's hitting on both sides, left and right. You can kind of like make stuff happen with that. And the knife, like the knife is definitely very unidirectional, but I'm always going some direction. And when and, it's upgraded and there's zero delay to uh, it. Up, upgraded knife with duplicator is very good. I have done it uh, and yeah. it just becomes a spray of death in front of you. Yeah, the evolved, the, evolved, the evolved knife is just a murder zone. <laughs> yeah. It's great. I, I don't know. I don't begrudge the knife. I just I would rather have just stand still if I want to. Uh I, I find that while I like playing it on the Steam Deck quite a bit, uh, and I will continue to do so, I I always feel like that controller analog stick, I'm missing maneuvers that I would make with a more sturdy uh, tension stick i've always got it kind of like pushed all the way a direction it's just slammed to the sides and it's not really mm. like you know uh it's one of those games that where you're kind of there's no gradation in your movement speed though right it's like yeah it's zero you're either walking or you're not and i don't think there's like acceleration really on your character I could be wrong about that, but it doesn't feel like if there is, there's much. Because I play with a controller on my PC all the time, and I'm just like, you know, you're just holding the thing a direction because you're walking somewhere most of the time. Yeah. It's just getting used to, you know. Um, I used to play on the keyboard, so fine motor yeah. control there uh, yeah, is a little yeah. bit different. I, I will like, say, tap, like, tap, tap, for, tap. for sure, I have played it a few times on my phone, and I have struggled. Like, the learning to control it on your phone is totally a different thing. Yeah. Um, so hands off to you or uh, hats off to you, Michael, for making that work. It's, you know, it's all I know. And so I don't, I don't have any, anything to compare it to, to say, Oh, this is way better or worse. I can't believe you do it on your phone. I can't. It's, uh, I don't know how you make tight maneuvers. <laughs> uh, yeah. I run yeah, between I mean, groups all the time. For me, it's basically, level things up to be op enough where i don't have to yeah well the newer levels have been interesting to try out i mean we didn't we didn't have that many levels when we first started jj and so getting back into the game has been like whoa look at this i don't dude there's there's so much stuff like so i don't i i because i came later like a lot of this stuff was added before so like stuff yeah. i have done yeah if i did it now would unlock stuff that i don't have <laughs> <laughs> So I'm I'm having to like replay things and like re-level characters and reuse them that I wouldn't normally be using for quote unquote progression. Right. Because I want the I want the thing. I want the I want Give the arcana. I want the I want the yeah. unlock of the like next uh, weapon upgrade or whatever. Like I yeah, want yeah. more whatever. Nice. Nice. Uh okay. So we're all surviving. But are we thriving? What else did we get up to over the break? Michael? Um, I, I dug deeper into trails from zero oh and I, I know I have, I know I have commented on this and JJ and I have discussed it at length in every one of these games, but the level of interconnectedness between all of these games is just next level. It's because it's a legend of heroes. It's, it's really, and I think. Even interesting, like interestingly, I think this game, the one you're playing, um, Trails from Zero, right? 
and the game after it, Trails from Azure, have the most of this. Oh, and, so he's right in the thick of it, huh? At, at least as far as I've seen the series. I mean, there's they finished Cold Steel at four, and there's another game coming out at some time later. Uh, I don't know about that one. But certainly those two games, like you're in the most, or it, it felt to me, at least when I played them, that they are the most interconnected to the rest of the series. This playing a game from this century, though. That's from 2010. Yeah. I think all the I Cold mean, Steels weren't, weren't they early? No, they're, they're later. Oh, the Cold Steels so started out of like, order, huh? No, he's... Well, he's, so... Yeah. <laughs> you want to attack on that, JJ? <laughs> the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> so the games didn't come out in chronological order, Andy. Oh, in we the got U.S., we got a little yes, uh, in the U.S. Uh, Star Wars problem. Yeah. Well, so they released they released the um, the first three games in English, and then they skipped the next two, which are Zero and Azure, and they went to the next series of four, the Cold Steel games. So then these were finally translated after the fact, but they are kind of interstitial between the first three and then the Cold Steel 4. So you don't know how things got there. Or you do know how, and this is just figuring it out. So so I think Cold Steel was intended to be a entry point for new players to the series. They attempted to do that. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, as Michael has been saying, with all the interconnected stuff, it's a little bit impossible. Um, but they did an okay job, I think. And Michael will notice when he plays Cold Steel, there's less references. <laughs> you know, you're yeah. not in Liberal anymore. You're not in Crossbell, which is like right next door. Um, you know, you, you're kind of in a much bigger area. It's its own thing. Um, and that lasts for maybe a game or two. And then kind of, you know, you start seeing other characters again. Um, and, you know, it becomes a more interconnected thing. So I, I think the, you know, in English is really tough because that skipping of those two games, they get referenced in those later Cold Steel games. And if you haven't played these, you're going to be like, what are we referencing here? Why are we doing this? <laughs> and not even just like, why are we doing this? Like, why is this a big reveal? Who cares? It's oh, like, you know, the, the bad guy pulls off his mask and it's like, it was me. And you're like, who are you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, that's not what you're supposed to be feeling there. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's good that these are, these are coming out officially. It's good that these, you know, cause previously they were available as fan translations. Um, which, and I think people said they were quite good generally. Yeah. Um, but even, even that, even the fan translations were recent. Right. In the so, last like two or three years. Yeah. Mechanically, are you finding it to be, almost identical or are you kind of stepping backwards into like oh man they don't have this 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 and this well um, so i haven't played the cold steel games so for oh, okay, me yeah. i'm playing them in chronological order okay yeah so i i think for michael this is probably just like an evolution of the last battle system you saw in these games right it is and it works Empty. really it works really well from that standpoint and I'm I'm so interested to hear as you go forward how you feel about the evolutions in the battle system. Okay. Because for me, it was really hard having played some of the Cold Steel games then going back to these and being like, oh, right, okay, like, this is how it worked in Sky. <laughs> this is kind of how this goes. Okay, shoot, what do I got to... Okay, how do I got to do with these Sepith and the lines? 
yeah okay like how does this work um yeah so i'm very very interested yeah whereas for me it just feels like a logical oh the you know the technology got better and so you can do these extra things yeah very Ah. cool gotcha right on okay okay well when you're not on vampire survivors jj what'd you get up to promote persona Uh, 5 okay yeah uh, i did i finally (laughs) i beat that game i got the platinum oh Uh, all done got the platinum trophy i'm calling it good are you retiring from games (laughs) no uh but i'm retiring from that game for a while uh, man, that game's all right, you guys. That game's pretty good. People should play that game. It's a fun game. Um, but I have been playing uh, a Switch game that I got for uh, the holidays this year. And I've been playing Bayonetta 3. Oh. Oh, oh one my. you've waited for for a while. Yeah. You know, uh, speaking of games that I wish uh, played on better hardware, Bayonetta 3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe um, maybe when Michael soon won't be with us, we'll have a discussion about the Switch versus some better hardware. Yeah. I really am very curious how that game works on better hardware. I may have to try it sometime. Um, but I've been playing it docked on the Switch. That helps. Um, and it has been playable. I will say I haven't had a terrible time playing it, but... Saint 60 FPS, you know, like, uh-huh. and this is the kind of action game in the vein of like Devil May Cry for folks who don't know, or the other Bayonetta games. If you, if you've played those, that is like stylish action explosions. Your character is constantly shooting and kicking and exploding and summoning demons out of the sky and all kinds of stuff like crazy stuff happening all the time where you really want to make sure that that frame rate is good so that you can dodge the arrow to set up the attack and go the other, you know, all this kind of yeah, crazy like, combat stuff. Not It's not a Souls-like, but it is, in a way, you have to... The games are built for you to have reactions, not the same type of, like, okay, I know this guy's going to have a reaction thing where I have to press X to dodge to the left to make the... But you still have to do the like, okay, this boss shoots arrows in giant swaths of the screen and I have to know when to like roll to the left. Right. You need to know to press the parry button or the dodge button so that you can get a specific move to come out so you can trigger slow time so that you can shoot the guy to keep your combo going because you're graded on your combo at the end of the thing, you know, and you want to make sure you have, you know, an S rank or a platinum medal or whatever they're giving you here. Um, because then you know you get more points and then those points get used at the shop later at the end of the level right right yeah so all that stuff is uh very important and like a big deal but uh the story is just complete nonsense (laughs) this is the (laughs) definition of a game where like there's like this multiverse story and like you're jumping between realms and you're finding alternate versions of bayonetta and all kinds of weird stuff is going on um and I like a lot of it. I just don't like the new character that they've introduced. And not because they introduced a new character, but because her mechanics are like different than Bayonetta's and I can't keep them straight. <laughs> and Wait, so you have then, to play like, them both in the same game? No, not at the same time. But in like, you know, one level will be Bayonetta, one level will be this other character. Oh, no, that's right. And, uh, and you can't skip it. Yeah. You know, it's like you can't 
you can't choose to which character you're going to play. You're playing as the character here. And so then right. it's like, all right, like now, okay, now, which is it? And like in the heat of the moment, I'm like hitting the button, but it's, oh, sure. I need to be hitting parry instead of dodge, or I need to be like the combo goes like this for this character instead of like that. And so now I'm like not getting the move I want. Okay. So they're not changing the, the verb, right? Jump is still jump. It's just a different jump. Yeah. All the buttons on the, on the controller are the same, but the characters move sets are different. And so, you know, where I may be doing like three punches and then a kick to like summon a huge arm that swats at enemies as Bayonetta as this other character, you know, it's, it's two punches, two kicks, and then a different button. Right. And like, so the, like the combos are all different. The, the demons are different and that stuff makes like a big impact when you're like frantically trying to run away from 700 monsters and you need to kill the one big one that's spawning all the little ones and you can't get them because you're doing the wrong move. And like, you know, you know, you, you kind of get all like very tensed up as you're playing these games because they do so much crazy stuff on screen at a time. Right. And you just need to get out that one big move that, you know, does the huge sweep of the fire sword, but you're messing it up because you're doing the one that does the leg kick instead or whatever. Right. Yeah. I'm sure as I play more, I will eventually figure it out. Um, but that's been my experience so far, and it's bumming me out because I'm like, oh, no, it's another level for this character. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, yeah, switch switch discussions in the future, I think. Uh, we got interesting comments on something else related to that. So, uh, We all had vampire survivors in common over the break. But you two, not me this time, because I was the vampire survivor slow, slow person, right? Uh, you two were a little slow on something else that we finally get to discuss. You both finished Andor. High ride. five, Michael. We did it. Yeah, we started from the bottom. Now we're here. <laughs> so, so did uh, Cassian. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Um, I like heists. I like spy stuff. I like smart heist and spy stuff. This is I both like door. <laughs> it's interesting because this show is both a heist movie, a spy movie, and a prison break movie all at once. It was. It was. What four different movies, basically? Kind of. It was every three episode yeah, arc at least felt like three. a movie. It's at least three movies, yeah. The final yeah. three episodes are definitely more of a spy game kind of thing. Then there's the prison break, and then there's the... Yeah, mm-hmm. There's, I like it, though. You know, I think the the only criticism I can give them is that after the high of that prison break episode... Like, what can you do? Like, you have to finish the story, but like, you can't, <laughs> you can't capture that again. Like, as that, as that episode ran through, I was just like pumping my fist in the air, you know, like yelling along with the prisoners, one you know, way like, out. one way out, you know, like I, that was so good. Like one of the, you know what that felt like? That felt like the reveal scene in Shawshank Redemption, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you find out that he got out, you know, at the end, and you're like, you know, Morgan Freeman telling you how it happened. So good. So good. And like, just unbelievable. And so then, like, yeah, the 
couple episodes that were left after that one weren't as good as that one. Not that they were bad. There were no bad episodes. There were some slow ones, though. And that's why when we discussed it beforehand, I said, if you're not starting right away, go for it in three episode chunks because you have to see the slow parts through, right? Like that, the, there's two episodes of build up for the heist and the heist is nonstop in its third episode and it all pays off. The slowness all pays off. The character building with the people all pays off because you, if you don't watch those first two parts, you don't care what happens to the people in the end. But I cared about all of those people that didn't make it out of the heist, right? Sure. Yeah. Be- because some of them didn't. And there were other things that happened afterwards that you're like, oh, all that was a lie or all this was a lie or these people's relationships aren't what they seemed like or all that happens after the slow bits. Right. You need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another thing in this, a, a friend pointed this out, and I wholeheartedly agree. But one of the things that this this show really gets right uh, that I don't think previous Star Wars have gotten right is the politics of empire. Right. Yeah. Some of the previous yeah. movies have nodded at, oh, the Galactics and at, oh, the Trade Federation. And they're just sort of loosely woven in there as as kind of a, a means to an end. But this actually delves into, you know, what is it? What does it mean to have this, you know, galactic empire that is trying to crush a populace under its boot heel? And what what happens when you squeeze too tight? What is it to run a government that big, that vast and wanting to control government itself without trying to show people that you're taking over? Well, like, I I don't think they're like hiding it, you know, but like, you know, they're the the slow expansion of every them being in control of everything here. And, you know, like I told this to Andy, I don't know if I said it in the chat or not, but like, I don't know if you could have told me before this show that it would be possible for you to write a story that would make me give a crap about Mon Mothma, right? (laughs) And yet, yet, I did. And I thought her and her character arc was like maybe one of the best ones of the show. It's one of the most intriguing for sure. Yeah. And because like in, in Star Wars, she's just like, Ooh, the big leader of the rebellion lady. Okay, she's rich and powerful. Cool, whatever. You don't ever see her. She's not important. Like, she has no, like, anything in any of the movies, right? And, you know, oh, yeah, I've read EU novels and whatever, but, like, that stuff isn't, or what do they call it now? Uh, Legends. Legends. Legends novels, whatever that stuff is. But, like, you know, none of that stuff made me interested in her as a character. But this is, like, the human side of all this drama, of, like, all this, you know, the politics of running or living in an empire that was so interesting and, and like they to... made you they made you interested in the the isb even right like the you know the secret yeah. police oh yeah and like how it all works and and who the politics of the secret police is fascinating you know it's like i don't necessarily like the main character um in ISB, and you're not the, you're not supposed, supposed to right to. like Right, yeah. but the jockeying for position and all that's favorites, yeah. yeah, yeah, and you're constantly like, "Oh, she got that guy, ha ha, yeah." <laughs> you know, <laughs> would she like one ups one of the other, uh, mm-hmm. one of the other like ISB guys, and then sometimes that comes around later, you know, and you find out a thing, and you're like, "Oh, 
okay, maybe yeah. I shouldn't have been rooting so hard against this. You know, so and so. Yeah, and um, showing you the parts of the rebellion that are not episode four, right? We got the glimpse of it with Rogue One. Where it was like, th- there's Cassian over there, and he's gonna shoot your dad, right? Like, oh no, Cassian, be the good guy. Don't shoot the dad. And then, um, you kind of like wonder if it was darker in the rebellion than people said, but they didn't want to go too far into it because it was a movie. And then you get episode four, and it's like, look at these hey Scott Flyboys, and they, they they're super star heroes and they got all the luck and the force on their side and they blew it up there's the bad guy right mm-hmm. this is like wait a minute who's who pulled the strings on all this and what does it mean to be them and that speech that Stellan Skarsgård gave in the middle of it was literally this oh, the is what not, have I given up yeah the what have I given oh, up yeah. speech oh, what a speech yeah uh this is what this is right like you want to you want to call something Star Wars? Well, not everyone in a war is Luke Skywalker and gets to walk in the parade. Right. Like most yeah. people aren't heroes. Right. And this is the most people in the movie. Right. Yeah. yeah I think the best I think the best summary of it came near the end when uh, Luthen and Saw are talking. Oh, so cool that Saw um, Guerrero was in this. Sorry for the spoiler. But no. how cool was it to be like? Wait a minute. This I know JJ probably for you especially. Michael's going through Clone Wars at at a slow rate. Well, but he's going through it, it, so he's seen Saw Gerrera before. Well, uh, I mean, I saw him in Rogue One, right? But so you saw him in Rogue, I, but I in Rogue that, One. He's just a crazy dude, connection. right? You don't mm-hmm. get much backstory. You don't get much that. backstory on Was. So why Saw Gerrera is the way he is in there, and you got a little bit of it in uh, uh, how much of a jerk he is in Fallen Order when he leaves the Wookiees to die, right? Um, but this bit of saw is what really you're missing the pieces of from clone wars and it was nice for that just showing them sorry michael i cut you off it was so cool no no i was just saying that i i love the the moment in their exchange where he's convincing where luthan is convincing saw to let the trap get sprung krieger and he tells him yeah of krieger and he tells him uh call it the greater good and saw responds with let's call it war yeah right you know, yeah. Luthen has to tell him, you know, it's for the, has to tell himself that so he can sleep at night. But Saw's cool with that. That's not a, that's not a problem that Saw has, you know. Oh, like, no, I don't think, I, yeah, I don't even think Luthen has a problem with it happening. He's, you know, he says to Saw, you know, Saw, I don't want you to mistrust me because we have to work together if this is going to work. And, but, you know, like you make the call because this could happen to you next time right i mean and you know and luthan is pretty straight about straight about him or straight with him about it right and he's like hey i have this information i'm telling you if i was setting you up would i tell you this you know like <laughs> right if i was hanging you out there to die i wouldn't be here talking to you right yeah what a show I mean, we don't ever get to meet Krieger and the, the weight of it is not there, but the weight of it is there, I think, for people that want it to be. And if you're if you got into it, like, I mean, it, the Gilroy is just right stuff that clicks in my brain. I don't know. It just happens. But if you're if you got into it like I got into it, it's just the pieces are all 
there and they all work. So I have to ask because I, I almost missed it. I didn't realize it was even a thing that was there until my wife said something. Did you guys watch the little scene after the credits after the last episode? I sure did. There was a scene after the episode. There, there was a the scene last after episode. the last episode. Yep. You should go watch it, JJ, because it's it's yeah, a nice I, little payoff. I'll put it on. Uh, the, what were they building in prison, JJ? Oh, I already know all this stuff, man. They mentioned Scarif earlier in the uh, show, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's I assume the, it's something about that. Yes, it is something about that. Yeah. But you get to see what the part is and what it does. Oh, okay. I'm going to go. I will go watch that. But when they mentioned Scarif, my ears perked up, right? Because I knew Cassian, you know, was introduced in Rogue One, right? That was his the first thing we saw him in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And knowing this as backstory to that, I, when they mentioned Scarif, my ears immediately perked up because I'm like, oh, you know, that's... They're building the thing on Scarif right now, right? Uh-huh. Is what they were saying. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's, it's a complete throwaway line. They don't make a big deal about it because it doesn't matter to this story. It doesn't... None of those people know that it's important and they don't right. make it seem important to you because it's not important yet. Right. And, and the only way that we know it's important is because we, the audience, have outside knowledge that makes it seem cool to us. Right. Yeah. But the characters don't react to it. They don't know what that is. Some planet building something. Who cares? They build a lot of things all over the place. Whatever. There are really only two things that I could think of off the top of my head that were big. Hey, hey, nods. And they were only nods to Cassian's story. It was Scarif and it was having him be arrested by a K2. Mm, yep. yeah 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 one that i one that i drew there was a third one that i drew and i don't know i don't know if it was if it was meant to evoke the same scene but at the um I'm trying to remember i think it was at the end of episode 11 where cassian is just given the news about his mother mm-hmm. and he's on the he's on the resort planet it's basically the shore is abandoned and he's staring out at the glow on the horizon. Oh, and it just yeah. it suddenly brought to mind the last scene of Rogue One. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, imagery evocative for sure. Yeah, some, some visual metaphor there, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very cool. Uh, very I'm cool that it's. Go watch Rogue One again. I plan to. Because, uh, well, I think they've said, I think it's only two seasons, Andor. I didn't know uh, if even they were doing a second season, although I assume how popular it was, they would. But I've not heard or I I'm, personally have not heard. I am almost yeah, certain like, they have said that it's two seasons long total and they just have a story and it'll run right up to the Rogue One. Yes, it's another it's two seasons total for 24 episodes, so it'll be another 12. It's it's cool. really cool to think that they had I, I they must have had a lot of this pre-figured out it doesn't feel like a thing they slapped together oh no i'm sure i'm sure they've had the entire 24 episode arc laid out um and i'm excited to see it because wow (laughs) walking into rogue one with a show like this if they do the same in the second season will just make that movie even higher on my list i might have to move it to the top at that point and just say yeah sorry episode four i know you started the whole thing but Rogue One is a payoff for 24 episodes of an amazing show. <laughs> I mean, uh, Rogue One's a pretty good payoff. I I, Rogue One's a pretty so. good movie to begin with. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Could be worse. 
could be worse uh speaking of worse michael is the witcher blood origins as bad as it looked no actually we uh we watched we've only watched the first episode so far uh but it was it was enjoyable okay uh, mostly because other than other than the framing device um which is just entertaining and i won't i won't spoil it for you because it's fun to see michelle yo's they... in it so yes, i mean yes, i is. think michael and i are or not my uh, jj and i are already primed to try it out I yeah mean, i love michelle yo in everything <laughs> yep and she sh- she shows up in the first episode so you don't have to wait long um but aside from the framing device there isn't anything at least that i have seen yet where they're trying to tie it back to the original series so it it stands as its own thing hmm. okay which i really like i really like that it's just it's telling its own story it's probably safer uh considering the gigantic blowback that is occurring to the main series currently and it seems yeah, like the the state of the story and like sorry when i say the story i mean like the witcher verse story big s overarching thing is in a bunch of weird places because of the games and the books and like what even stories are do they want to tell so like doing something that's kind of off that path is maybe smart if you want to make a good yeah. show i don't yeah, have, and i don't um I don't have like a in-depth knowledge of the Witcher universe. I know some of it from a few of the game-ish things I play. I've never read the books, so like the I don't I don't want to like seem like we're taking sides and whatever the heck's going on with the Henry Cavill re- recast and with the uh, I mean the, who the knows act, what that's going to do? Well, right? like, the, well, the writers are like in a running fight with fans on Twitter like constantly. Well, because all the fans took Henry Cavill's side because he was like a huge nerd. I think and, it started before that. I think it started in mid uh, second season because quote unquote, you're killing the books kind of thing. Um, okay. I, I don't, I don't know. know. I, don't, I don't know about that much. I like, don't know I, either. I just, I've read a few of the Witcher books. I know some stuff, but like, who cares? I generally like those seasons and like, yeah, <laughs> you know whatever. What I mean? Tell like, a good story. Like, yeah, it's, 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 own, it, I always kind of take the, like, it's its own thing. You can't, I mean, same with that rings of power. We're a little bit into it, Michael. And I'm kind of like, some of this stuff ain't quite right. Well, yeah. I mean, so know. they take, so, so, and this, this may touch on a difference and I'm, I don't know enough Witcher lore to know, but the difference I think between blood origins and between rings of power is that rings of power has a source material and it is picking pieces out of it and, and twisting some things around a little bit to tell its story. Whereas blood origins takes place like 1200 years before the witcher. And I don't think at least that I know of the, the lore of the witcher goes back that far. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I know there is like some you know celestial stuff that happens, but I don't think they like have any named people or anything back then. Right from that far maybe back, an, so maybe like some elf ancestor that whose name no one knows, you know. But like, yeah, yeah. So you get a lot more freedom to tell the story that you want to tell in the way that you want to tell it. Yeah, the the Tolkien stuff has so many weird strings because of like the dude was a history guy, and so the history of all the lands is known. Uh, yeah, because he spelled it out. Right. 
which makes it tough for you to then tell stories in there that aren't just like really small ones because the characters, the big ones, everyone knows because people live forever in that world, which makes stuff really hard. <laughs> <laughs> the new this show probably gonna seems watch that Witcher thing decent on its own. Yeah, yeah, but I'm definitely excited to watch more of it. Okay. If you're excited to watch more of something, that's a good, I think that's a good barometer for whatever. I'm excited to watch more of JJ. Uh, uh, when, then I, I hope that this is the year we get at least two more action button reviews because I finally watched the entire six and a half hours of Boku no Natsuyasumi. Yeah. Did you finally get through it? It, it was, um, it felt longer than the others in a way. It it really does. It gets Didn't really it? real at some points. It did get really real at points, and he mimicked the game in the structure of the video. Uh, we're talking about the Tim Rogers reviews, Michael. Uh, those ah. really long reviews that we've watched. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he got real real in there, which I think was the point of what he was talking about with what the game was trying to get people to think about a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think so. I think the, yeah. Hmm. I'd have to rank it. I don't, I don't think I would rank his stuff because they're all so different, but like I, I definitely have burned through other ones faster because of, uh the content i think so yeah we'll I, I think this one felt so much more personal that it became a different thing at some points you know yeah yeah cool that someone's out there making stuff i mean just whatever they feel like to get across to two or three points in the same thing right like it's you a, cannot you, say this dude is redoing the same stuff or is out of ideas no, no one is doing stuff like this except no. this guy. Yeah. It um it's a review not unlike the others in so much as it makes you think about games and storytelling overall and what you should be accomplishing if you are a storyteller. Um but unlike the others much more deeply it's like hey uh, we talked a lot about, you know, what to do with your stuff and your things and moving on with life and trying to, you know what I mean? Like this one is one of those reflective things that we talked a lot, a lot about in 2022. So it's kind of fitting to have finished it kind of at the end of 2022 when it was like a reflective year, you know, I guess you could subtitle yeah. it. You can't go home again. Right. One of those uh, common phrases used in uh television story arcs mm -hmm. yeah well 2023 is upon us so let's talk about new things as we go on from here right everybody hopefully onward and upward to better things well certainly onward <laughs> life will be changing soon for some of us right it's true i guess the inside of your house will look like a bomb went off at some sure. point in the future <laughs> uh yeah some of us it, don't need major life events to make that happen just saying you know i can't blame it entirely on my kids i gotta say <laughs> my my area of the, the house is not any better 
YouTube? Yeah, folks, find us out there on YouTube. Uh, this is We Were Gamers, the podcast. We're on there, all one word. Check it out. Hit that little subscribe, youtube.com slash at, at, at We at Were Gamers. gamers. Yep. Thank you. Check yes. that out, folks. Uh, we are also on your favorite podcasting apps. Give us five stars on there because we deserve it, and you deserve it too. Uh, and you know, we're on social media. It. Find us out there. We Were Gamers. Find it. Yeah. If you listen to the whole thing, it's five stars, right? I mean, what's the difference? If five stars or no stars is the only rating. I'm not saying give us no stars because you didn't listen to... Well, you're, it's at the end, so clearly you did listen to the whole thing. And like those videos. Subscribe to that channel. It helps. I just want to say I said something earlier that I really liked and neither of you caught it i said i really liked michelle yo in everything everything everywhere all at once yeah and that's what i meant yeah i thought i (laughs) thought about it as you said it and i was like oh did he mean it i did mean it um but i also like her in all things uh that she's in generally so by the time i thought about making the joke it was too late you know yeah i didn't want to circle back till now so later dudes happy new year same to you my microphone stand kept falling down that entire time. It was oh, no. like I was crouching by the end of it. <laughs> crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Oh, he's already gone. Dang it. Oh.